Get ready for Solomon's. Hey, giving the glory to God. Yeah, you're hanging with Jason and Sean. Get ready for Solomon's. Oh, keeping it real, keeping it relevant. Hey, come hang with the squad. Hey, let's talk about it, talk about it. CHA should a movie scene. Got a lot of questions, throw them in the air. From the east to the west and everywhere in between. Uh, let's get it, let's get it, we going in. You ain't heard about Solomon's, where you been? Sit back and relax with a cup of joe. Here we go, I'll let the show begin. What's up, everybody? Welcome yeah. back to Solomon's yeah. Porch with let your host, Jason. And Sean. And we're back here with another episode of Solomon's Porch. Uh, thank you all for who have been rocking with us. We're still in the process of trying to figure out how to do this thing using a different platform and all this stuff. There's always moments of transition, I feel like, in, on the show. Uh, we went a long period of time where everything was exactly the same. And once the video dynamics come into play, a lot of stuff has to be taken into a, a, account yep. and changes and all that. So I got a new webcam. Um and Sean, he's using his phone, which works pretty well. Yeah, works yeah. pretty well. So I think uh, I think we're good for right now. And uh, so we're going to continue to do the show like this, hopefully. And check it out if you're watching this uh, and it's you feel like it's cool, beneficial, or whatever. Uh, please share. That'd be awesome. Trying to get the reach out there. Uh, one of our main goals with this show is to uh, one talk about biblical ideas, discipleship, all those things that Christians should be talking about regularly. But we also like to talk about some comic book stuff, DC, Marvel, Star Wars. Uh, so the Christian community has a place where we can come together and have these discussions without feeling like people are bashing us because the the secular comic book world is not very friendly to the Christian world. So, uh, so we want to have a place where we can kind of do both. So anyway, let's dive into the news for this week, man. Uh, we have a, a lot of things going on, and I don't have my notes up real quick. Can you? Well, we'd like to thank our sponsor, True Strength Apparel. Um, Aaron, check out Aaron over at True Strength Apparel. He's got lots of great stuff, um, and uh, he's been a longtime supporter of the show. We love you, Aaron. And uh, do, I, I don't know. Do we have any more sponsors? Uh, no, that's it. I, I that's, that's it. That's it for the show. Yeah. Yeah, man. So okay, we have short and sweet. Yeah, man. So Actually, uh, I don't know how short Aaron is. Are you, are you short, dude? Actually, Aaron's uh, really tall. Yeah, I mean, he's, he looks like it in, in his videos when he's like, you know, benching and lifting. I mean, dude, he, yeah. he looks like he a benches beast. a lot. He calls me a lot of times when he's benching. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, dude, I'm so tired of hearing about you benching. You're, you're, you're. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah man. So let's dive into some news for this Ooh, week. So, uh, so Amazon is thinking about buying. MGM Studios, wow. uh, which is interesting because you know MGM is kind of a, a big studio. They have a lot of classic stuff over there, and uh, but they're they're Amazon said to make nine billion offer for MGM. Now, if you're not familiar, they have some things. Um, the four title film, or it's four thousand title film, or film title. Sorry, include the James Bond, Hobbit, Rocky and Creed, RoboCop, Pink Panther. A lot of people are excited about that. Dude, that's straight classic, man. Silence of the Lambs, The Magnificent Seven, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Uh, they also have Stargate SG-1, a lot of those Stargate stuff, Fargo, Vikings. Uh, just a lot of things that you might see on other places, you know, other platforms. you got The Voice, Shark Tank, lots of stuff. Uh, MGM, if they get rights to all of their stuff, they also have a whole lot of like horror films, too. Right. Uh, a lot of stuff. So uh, so I'm interested to see what happens with that. We'll try to keep you all updated uh, if it appears to be uh, continuing to be uh, interesting to follow. So also, 
I saw this the other day and I thought it was interesting. So in the midst of Corona and COVID and just in general, people share struggles that they have on Facebook. We all do it. And, you know, it's not a bad place to do it. And so, but Facebook is adding in a prayer button, possibly. I don't know if it's like a, we're praying for you or I prayed for you. Some type of a function to let people know, hey, I'm praying or whatever. And, you know, generally, whenever you see people put like prayer requests, I'll do like the, the hands that kind of come together. Nobody ever knows if it's praying hands or clapping hands, like high five in a way. I think right. it's prayer hands. Namaste. Namaste hands. That's, that's what they are. Anyway, so uh, so Facebook's thinking about that. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't really have a whole lot of things to say about it. I just think it's interesting that they're trying to gear toward the quote unquote religious movement i guess or, or or community so that's you know and the thing is, is that you know I, I think the problem is that as christians we think that like prayer is our thing and right. we kind of forget that pretty much every religion has some form of prayer uh, of some type so it, it's you know it, it's kind of universally used yeah um you know i don't do social media so i don't really care <laughs> amen i know sean you probably almost never have been too big on social media unless for some reason you had to be for a short period of time. Yeah. And so. every, every once in a while I try to help out with the show stuff and then it just starts to aggravate me. And <laughs> my, my anxiety goes through the roof. So I have to get back off again. The hardest thing about social media is figuring out how to not scroll. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. You go up there, you make a post, and not scroll on your screen. That's the biggest problem. Well, th- that's because it's rude not to. Mm. So, so what? It's okay for you to post stuff <laughs> and everybody see your your posts, but you can't scroll and look at theirs. I mean, that's interesting. I wonder if anybody's watching live. If you have ever had that situation where you think you just want to go up there and post something, but you don't want to see other people's posts, is that rude? Like, let us know. Let us know. Um, I mean, I do that with my photography. I post my photography, but I, I don't. I don't look at anybody else's stuff. There you go. There you go. I mean, it's like authors. Like, they write but lots of books. Doesn't mean they l- read other people's books. But I am rude, you know? though. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so so let's move on. So uh, so DC, DC Animation, is making an Injustice Gods Among Us film. The comic book raved about, I think, I want to say they released the game first, and then they released the comic books. Yeah, but... Remember. um. But if you're not familiar with what uh, Injustice is, essentially it's a it's an alternate universe, or you know one of the many multiple universes. But one of the universes, Joker actually, and this isn't really spoilers per se, but Joker kills uh, Lois Lane and her babies in labor, and Superman, you know, hulks out, and he ends up killing the Joker. He becomes green and just about, just about. Wild. And so, but he essentially gets upset. He's like, look, we've had way too many uh, nonsense deaths happening in this world whenever we could just eliminate that easily as superheroes or as people with superpowers. So Superman pretty much figures out a way to police the whole world and keep the villains and everybody in check. And then Batman is not cool with that. And naturally, he's ticked off at Batman because the Batman had let Joker live all this time, even though he's broken out of Arkham like 1,700 times. You know, then in that one time, he kills Lois. Superman's a little upset about that. Sure. And a lot of people have, you know, quarrels with Batman because of that. 
And so, you know, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, the, the story is really good. Essentially, you got Superman's got some some superpowers on his side. Batman's got some superpower people on his side. And, you know, Batman's trying to stop Superman from... Civil War? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the DC's universe of, of Civil War, essentially. Gotcha. But anyway, so, uh, so speaking of kind of DC, Zack Snyder has stepped into the horror film world. Although... No, that's how he started, bro. Okay, well, Donald I didn't the Dead. know that. Oh, did he do Donald of the Dead? <laughs> I thought it was George Romero. Well, the the re- the okay, G, okay, but yeah, no, the the redo. Okay, anyway, yeah. so uh, so he did the um, Army of the Dead film, and he borrowed Batista, Dave Batista, which if you don't know, that's Drax from the Guardians of the Galaxy film movie. So uh, that movie is now released. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, part of me wants to watch it just because I'm interested to see what Zack Snyder does with it. But I'm curious to know if anybody has seen army of the dead, let us know your thoughts. Was it a good film? You know, what are the pros and cons of it? I, I thought it was all right. You thought you, so you did see it. Yeah, I watched it. Oh, so what, what were your thoughts? Um, other than all right. Yeah, no, really just mostly. All right. It, okay. You know, the thing is, is that I'm, I'm not one for like a whole lot of overt gore. Right. And it starts off that way. Um, some unnecessary nudity, but you know, <clears throat> whatever. Yeah. Um, and man, a, a, a lot of f bombs. Uh, obviously, not a family friendly movie. Um, I, you know, honestly, I, I have anxiety issues, so watching it just kind of makes me uncomfortable. Anyway. Gotcha. Um, but the storyline was kind of cool. Um, you've got this. Um. um sort of virus thing that kind of gets loose um and uh it it's actually already infected a person or maybe it's an alien it's sort of implied one way or another and starts uh letting loose in uh las vegas takes over las vegas so they put a big fence around or wall off las vegas to be able to help contain it las vegas is um overridden with evil um so depending on where you are and what your feelings are um in your faith about las vegas anyway you might say it's already there but anyway moving along they um move along, move along. they uh they uh the anyway the story is that some survivors that are really cool uh really good at uh taking out zombies uh, have to break in and steal a bunch of money, and some of it's, uh, most of it's going back to the original owner while uh, they get a cut and whatever. And then you find out that there's some extra stuff going on in there. And anyway, it's, so it's it's kind of neat. It, it it's a good story in that. Um, but yeah, and and some of it's just super predictable. But um, it, I don't know, man. You know, it's. To me, a lot of those movies, unless it's like Zombieland, where it's just stupid and funny, then it's actually depressing. (laughs) And and I start to think about, you know, and and you guys can hate me if you want to, but I started thinking about folks like Zach's daughter who struggled with depression, Mm -hmm. you know. And so for others of us that do struggle with those types of things, when watching these kinds of films, I mean, he's putting it out there. And for an entertainment value, but if I'm watching it, if I'm consuming it, and I don't really have a good idea as to what I'm dealing with in terms of my issues, 
man, this thing could really kind of set you off. It's 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 not productive in any way. So yeah, I, mean, I, I would these, steer clear of it. None of these movies are productive in any way, shape, or form. They're well, just a, n- not even productive in. I, I mean, barely productive in an entertainment value. Okay, okay. Be, because you know that that's how it's usually written off as. It's just for entertainment. You know, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're just enjoying watching the show and the story, but it creates so much anxiety. And, you know, write a book. I, I Honestly, I feel like more people are less likely to pick up a scary book right. than they are to watch a scary movie. So, so this is, this is kind of uh, diving out there a little bit. So I, I had this conversation one time with a, a person I used to go to church with, and she was talking about how it was the time when Saul came out, the movie Saul. Very gruesome. The, the first one? The first one. The first okay. one. And Which, by the way, there's a new one with Samuel and... Yeah. And so the uh, but the conversation I was talking about how I'd seen the film and she was like, I really don't understand why people watch that. She said some part of you has to enjoy the gruesome of it. Mm. Like, does it not does it not scare you that there's a portion of you that likes seeing people's legs cut off? Like, is there nothing inside of you that makes you worry? Like, why do I enjoy this? And her being a Christian woman, older woman, she said that that's sin in us that enjoys it. And um, which and, and it's I've wondered that for a really long time. Like you know, we enjoy when we enjoy stuff like that. What is about it that we enjoy? And so it really kind of it, it rocked me a little bit. Not mm-hmm. like rocked my faith, but it rocked me in that. Why do I enjoy seeing people's? And the weird thing is, you know, uh, this is a little little rated R-ish. Not you know sexual, but rated R-ish. So it was a video that came out a long time ago when there was a journalist over in Iraq. And they cut the guy's head off. Right. I saw the video and it still disturbs me to this day, but I can watch another movie, a fictional movie and the same thing happens and it doesn't bother me at all. Kill Bill. One of those examples, you know, Logan, you know, things like that doesn't bother me. Right. And so it's, you know, I I always question why does the human brain disconnect those two? Like, you know, it's real. This is fake. It's the same exact depiction. Mm-hmm. One is horrifying. The other is enjoyable. It's kind of hard to understand. But anyway, uh, that's yeah. kind of... <laughs> sorry yeah. if that bothered anybody. But Well, yeah. and, and speaking of, of horror, um, MODOK released <laughs> um, oh, man. on Hulu. Yeah, it was on Hulu. Yeah. It's on Hulu. Um, so now look, look. <laughs> I gave it more of a shake than you did. Uh, you got through what ten seconds of it? <laughs> I think I left out about ten minutes out. Okay, all right. Well, I actually consumed. Consumed might be a generous word. Uh, the TV was on for three episodes. You sat through. No, the TV was on <laughs> during three episodes. Um, man, it just. Um, you know what? There's a credit at the end, which you probably didn't see. I didn't see it. Uh, it's like, I think it's called stupid brothers photography. I I don't know what it is. Uh, Anyway, uh, it's stupid is, is the right word. Uh, and, and go ahead and misspell it. Put as many O's in there as you want to. Right. Um, I'm not a huge fan of stupid animation stuff anyway. I don't watch Rick and Morty. I don't You like Family Guy. Uh, okay, fair. Okay, <laughs> fair. Uh, and, and I probably ought not to, but um So no South Park for you? 
Uh, you know, I never got into South Park. Okay. I had okay. friends that were into South Park, but um, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know, man. It just, it, it, you know, it has some, you know, some nice little jabs here and there about other Marvel stuff. Uh, and so that's kind of fun. Um, Oswald Patton, or Patton Oswald, sorry, is uh, the voice of Modoc, and you know, I, I otherwise I kind of like the guy. Um, he's been in Marvel stuff. He's uh, been the voice of Remy in um, Ratatouille. Uh, I, I you know I, I don't know. I don't have any reason to not like the guy really, except that this this is this was like. You know, it was like, oh, man, I got to pay the bills. So, yeah, OK, I'll take this job. That's what this comes across as. So what's the premise of it? Give us a short premise of what the film is or what the, the show is about. Dude. Uh, Aside from stupid humor. Yeah, it's stupid humor. The um, So Modoc is this is sort of like a, a little bit of a background of who he is as an um, evil person uh, within the Marvel Universe. Uh, but it's his home life, mostly. So you meet his wife and his kids, and you know it's what, what does he do when he leaves AIM? So when he leaves work, what what's the background information while he's at work? How is he interacting with uh, you know coworkers and 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 other things like that? And it's just it, it's so moronic. Yeah, I, I will say the only part of it that I kind of sort of thought was humorous. And it's one of those things that everybody always asks. But the, the films never really address it. They they try to touch on it a little bit during Falcon Winter Soldier. Like, well, how do you guys get paid? Like, how, how what does that look like? Then we're talking about a situation where like all these planes and all these things were blown up and all this money just yeah. exploded. Okay, so your last attempt at taking over the world cost us thirty million in planes, yeah. five billion in weapons, you know, whatever. And then nineteen ninety five to uh, to create this for the software that creates the price tags for all these things, and he was like, "Oh, yeah. just get rid of that software program. Just, we don't need just, that twenty bucks. Just cut that. We'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then we'll balance the budget. For that, that was the only thing I thought was somewhat humorous was because they approached that from where's all this money come from? How does this not Bankrupt. And, and, and that leads into the premise of, of the the uh, sort of ongoing story there, which is that another company buys out yeah. uh, AIM and is trying to take control in any way. Yeah. Just, so yeah. it's really not worth watching unless you just like really, really stupid humor. And, and, and <laughs> hey, you know, like, you know... It, you know, to each his own, I guess. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't my thing, and and it is adult. This is not a kid's show. Yeah. It's rated mature for uh, a reason. It, it is rated mature. Um, they, and and it's within the three episodes I saw. It's it's only really because of language. There's a little bit of graphic violence in a way, but I mean animated yeah. blood splurts. Saw an arm get shut off or shot off in the first episode. Yeah, so. that that's you know there there was a. Animal violence to a degree. Yeah, and a weird-looking so, animal to a degree. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that one actually blows up later. Okay. Yeah. Spoiler. And, yeah. Oh, oops. <laughs> um, well, let's go on to a better animated show. Bro! Much better animated show. Okay, so I still have the same gripe. Bad Batch, the little girl, Amiga. Well, that's how she says it. She, Omega, yeah. Yeah, she says Omega. Spelled Omega. Well, but... and everybody else calls her Omega. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, that, that's my only real still gripe. Uh, we're, what, three, four episodes in now? Mm -hmm. um, but best part of all, 
Fennec Shan shows up, dude. I was like, you know, you catch the backside of her in one scene and then a little bit of a glimpse and you're like, Ooh, oh, dude, is, is that, is that, is it really, oh, you know. Now, look, if, if you follow, I'm going to totally butcher her name, um, Ming... I don't know. <laughs> you could try to pronounce it, but I'm pretty Ming, sure. Ming Na Wen. Okay. Um, okay. I and, and and I hate that I I've just never looked it up to see how you're supposed to pronounce it, and that's my bad. Um, but anyway, um, I'm pretty sure it's Ming Na Wen. Um, you know, great actress, great voice personality. Um, but she's almost it, sixty years old. That's incredible. She does not look like it. And and, and think about all. the stunts that she does, man. Yeah, I yeah. mean, dude, anyway. Um, but she uh if you feel if you follow her on, on social media, you already knew she was kind of um blasting out there a little bit too much about Bad Batch to, yeah. for her to not be in it. Me personally, I have no clue about these things unless my daughter tells me. So, in other words, my contribution to the show is going to significantly drop off when my daughter moves out. So, <laughs> you know, you guys should pray that. Doesn't what we need to do is soon. we need to we need to give her access to our social media. So she can share that stuff for us. No, she doesn't really get on quite like that. She just looks and scrolls. Well, then we need a group so. chat where she can inform us. That's what we do. She, she does. She sends it to me. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have to try to remember to look it up again. Gotcha. Yeah, but if you don't know, she was also in the man. That character was in Mandalorian. Yes. She was the one that was with uh, Boba Fett uh, toward the end, the, the latter part of season two. And she's going to be in the, uh, was it the book of Boba Fett? That's that's yeah. our understanding, yeah. So uh, so she's going to be in that. So it's, it's, it's really cool to see them intermix those characters. I also heard that, I don't know how true it is, but the... Um, the character from Star Wars Unleashed 2, somebody on my social media actually told me, is that the main character from that, he was a, uh, I guess, uh, an apprentice of Darth Vader who leaves the dark side, that apparently he's going to be somehow been interwoven in the Bat Batch. So I'm excited to see that happen uh, just because the game is really awesome. And I like that character. Honestly, the game characters are phenomenal, man. You know, Cal from... Uh, Fallen, Fallen Order. I, I really hope they can get him in somewhere, and that'll be exciting too. Well, I, you know, uh, coming back to Ming Na Wen, just I just because I feel like I, I need to put it in there. Um, it, you know, uh, we're having a lot of Asian violence. This is also Asian, Pan Asian. I forget what all it's called. Uh, a, a month, right? And right. Um, Pan Pacific. I don't remember anyway. Um, and, and, and that's not, not to slide anybody. I just, I, I can't recall. Uh, anyway, but a, another one of those great personalities, great talents that's been around for a while. She voiced Mulan. She's been in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, she's just done so much stuff. She was also Chun-Li in the Street Fighter movie. Hmm. Just in case you were wondering, but <laughs> anyway, um, I, I don't know, man. You know, it, it's like it's you know finally you're 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 getting some folks that have got great talent that are starting to really get some good recognition, yeah, and yeah. and and it's it, it's about time. So absolutely, yeah, man. So let's move on to the music news for this week. 
Oh, well, that was yours. That first one was yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I mentioned it last time, but the band Convictions that uh, I really enjoyed, they released their album, I Won't Survive. It's an EP, but the whole thing is great. Um, Actually, I, I'm pretty sure you did. but I'm pretty sure I did. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you haven't heard it yet, you need to go heard it now. Okay? Go heard it now. Go heard Convictions, I Won't Survive. Okay. <laughs> Wolves at the Gate. Uh, Stop the Bleeding. Uh, just dropped um, it, or it will sorry just dropped yes um, so uh, Wolves of the Gate fan um, Metalcore go check them out um, take a look at Stop the Bleeding uh, Collision of Innocence uh, Possessed will be dropping on May 28th so probably about the time that you get this show it, it'll be out uh, Rottweiler Records uh, the Jericho Harlot has uh, I hesitate to call it an album as much as it is an EP, but they're, they are listing it as an album at this point in time. Pre-order Lie to Me album on Bandcamp. Uh, as far as I know, it's only two tracks so far, so um, go fig. Um, you, you know, Jericho Harley, I've, just quick disclaimer, um, the music it may not be for everybody and you may be um, a little more sensitive to their lyrics than what other folks may be uh, and may not relate to you as, as much. Um, so take that into consideration. Always listen to lyrics from bands. There, there are no lyrics to look up online because I, I did try. Um, but uh, so take a listen for yourself and, and decide for yourself. Uh, but give them a fair shake. I like them. They've got this uh, sort of um, punk kind of feel to them, um, slash rock, so uh, alternative sound. Anyway, August Burns Red drops video for Internal Canon. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, if you're familiar with the album Leveler, um, you know that uh, it's a killer album, and it's the 10th anniversary of Leveler, so they have redone the album, re-recorded it, um, so they're almost like brand new tracks, and so they dropped the, the video for Internal Canon. Uh, the song features Matthew K. Heffy uh, from the band Leveler, not the al album name, but the metal band leveler so anyway pretty cool i i was i was kind of stoked i like the track it's really good um not in metal news <laughs> kind of almost the exact opposite uh i i listen i listen to this guy all the time uh matt kearney uh you may remember him back in the day did uh city in black and white album uh it was very popular anyway he's got a new album that's just dropped january flower but he's also been releasing singles of some of those tracks in all acoustic form uh, definitely check that out it, it's uh, well at least i know it's on apple music it's also on spotify i know for sure um but excuse me, his first, uh, his latest track that he's released is "Anywhere with You," and uh, frankly, I think it's one of his best songs. And I actually like the acoustic version better hmm. than the album version. So, so sorry, Matt, but <laughs> you maybe should just record it acoustically. Sometimes that's the thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, so as far as CHH goes, we have Alcott uh, featuring Futuristic at 350. This is a it, 
almost all these are, are indie artists. Uh, he's got a song called Before the Lord Take Me. If you're not familiar, Futuristic actually did a song. Uh, he actually featured NF on a song and um, called Epiphany, which is really good. And so this song is great. I know Alcott's been uh, looking forward to releasing this for a while. So make sure you go check that out. Chris Graham and Jay Tora released a song called Good. And it's a it's a great song. and it, 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 It's good. It, well, I would say it's great, but yeah. Uh, it's good. <laughs> so uh, Cut Right, he's actually from the, I think, the Greensboro or Charlotte area of North Carolina. He's got a oh, new song called Kirk. Cameron Kirk Cameron so just go check that out if you're very curious of why he would call that song that or you can follow him on Instagram Mr. Cutright and he actually explains it on there and then Bizzle has got a new song called Black and Blue and uh and so that's you know it's really uh just kind of the mixture talking about police and the black community and and so check that out I think I figured that's where that was going yeah. yeah uh Bizzle always does a great job being I really consider him unbiased. I mean, he is a black man, but he generally comes at controversial issues kind of clear-minded. He's always done that. He's always done a great job uh, from what I could tell. And so I appreciate his contribution to dialogue and discussion, especially uh, the way he does so via song. So, yeah, man, that's it for the music news for this week. We will be back with another segment soon. Please stay tuned. Yeah, before the Lord take me, got things to accomplish. Goals are the constantly caught in my conscience. Caught me a crib once I clock out of cottage. Spot after grid, get a solid the compass. Who crop out the silence? People from my circle pray God go demolish each and every hurdle. I'm faced with the basic motivation to make it is sacred and obviously yeah. ain't universal. Yeah, I want a bad wife with Pilates body. Want a rap as a job, homie, not a hobby. Blow myself up with it, that's a kamikaze. And I ain't gotta pull up in a Maserati. That'd be nice to admit it, but the price of the living pretty high. Give me time when I turn 25. It'd be nice to forget about a paycheck. Apex predator up in your tape deck. So mention my my name with a grace I took a sip of the fountain of youth and I hate how it tastes cause I'd probably be wasting my days and my time at no limit I stick with the pace of a race when I chase dreams but I don't care about mainstream just wanna change lives out here I grind without fear my time's about near I gotta put the work in all before the Lord takes me yeah came in the bottom you could cry about it yeah came in the roller just to roll around yeah it is a problem you could ride around it yeah I'ma go through it just to shut them down I'ma go through it just to shut them down. Yeah, I'ma go through it just to shut them down. Yeah, it is a problem you could battle. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go through it just yeah. to shut them down. Before I die, I wanna leave me a legacy, plus all the money for friends and my family. I wanna hit every country to suffer and really take care of the damages. I, I wanna build up the platform for all these musicians and grow it and manage it. I wanna change up my family trajectory, go with the men in their marriages. I did a lot, I ain't did enough. I travel the world and I live it up. I had that gun to my head, almost filled it with lead, and I said I ain't giving up. I made a million, and I made another, then I made another, etc. I saw the comp in my bracket, I started attacking till I got ahead of him. I ain't even nothing at the fate, I'm a state top 10 when they mention in the greats. My state is a black three cribs with the lake, what's another in the middle of a lake? Look at everything change, I was struggling to finally get a plate. Now I slapped it with the state, private planes out of states, underrate me. I ain't tripping everything okay, no, I'm ballin' till I'm falling in the grave. Yeah, came in the bottom, you could cry about it, yeah. Came in a roller just to roll around, yeah It is a problem, you could ride around it, yeah I'ma go through it just to shut them down, yeah I'ma go through it just to shut them down, yeah I'ma go through it just to shut them down, yeah It is a problem, you could
Welcome back to Solomon's Porch with your host, Jason. Oh, sorry. And Sean. And we are back here with another segment. We're going to be continuing our discussion today on the house church movement. If you didn't listen to the last episode, uh, go check that out. We talk about kind of the, the start of it, what it looked like, how uh, Francis Chan has kind of sparked up a new conversation and movement uh, really around the world. He's really been talking about it more so in America because we're kind of more foreign. The idea is more foreign to us, being that we have larger church structures where people meet on Sunday and Wednesday and whatnot. And overseas, it's it's more well-known because uh, countries where Christians are persecuted, they have to meet in in homes and houses and kind of in secret. So it's, it's less... Uh, it's less foreign to them as it would be for us. And so we kind of talked about what the home church movement was. I guess today we can continue the conversation by just discussing. Um, you know, there's notes down there, right? There's notes. I didn't see that. Let me see. Let me yeah. see. Let me see. It actually spells out what uh, topics we were going to cover. There you go. Well, Sean, why don't you lead that way, sir? All I did was put the uh, the verse on there. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, more, I guess, so of a recap of uh, what does the Bible say about church? Uh, so what does the biblical church look like? And and that's where we go to um, Acts uh, chapter two, verses 46 and on. Um, I, I, I would say start with 42 and go to 47. Um, but what we see is that, uh, things are, are local, things are small. The people are just gathered together and there's this, um, perception of a, an ongoing kind of just general every day and every part of life worship and learning and sort of thing that goes on in prayer. Um, and that's where I think Francis Chan is kind of um, pushing toward, you know, in, in, in his book, uh, Letters to the Church, uh, he talks about um, how we, we, you know, you know, we talk about going to church for what, an hour, yeah. hour and a half a week. And is it really a way of life? You know, now granted there are a lot of churches that also meet on like a Wednesday, maybe they'll have Sunday school and that sort of thing. Uh, and maybe you have a, a, a men's thing that meets throughout the week or a ladies thing that meets throughout the week. Um, and, and all, and all that's fine and dandy. Um, but he, he's talking about giving like 90% of your, your day to God and then 10 percent to everything else that that that's sort of his his idea that he takes from this is is that our our sense of worship and awe of god should be so overwhelming so encompassing that that is what our day looks like that is what our life looks like constantly uh and that that is how we will be known that is how we are set apart from from other folks and then that we are taking care of our own that you want to be a part of this like movement of people that are constantly worshiping this god and and crazy cool things are happening for them and they take care of each other and they love each other. Who doesn't want to be a part of that kind of family of, of, of believers. And, and, and that's, that's kind of where he's going with that. And this is where he gets that from. 
and 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 I totally get that. So I think the question that we have to ask ourselves is next, okay, but what's wrong with what we have right now? Is there something that is inherently wrong with the way church operates as it stands? Now, I understand it's a very broad kind of question because <laughs> yeah, every church yeah. operates a little bit different. Uh, every denomination operates a little bit different. But l- l- let's take it from a more generalized perspective. So large groups of people collectively coming together to be able to meet in one place. What is there something wrong with that? Um, is there something wrong with um, how a church body at a physical building is managed. Is there something wrong with that? And, you know, Francis Chan brings up, I think, a good point in that he talks about if the pastor of your church dies, what happens? Right. You know, for a lot of churches, there's nobody else to step up. You know, in 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 the basic structure of of church that we see in the early churches, is that there are there's lay leadership that becomes elders. Those elders are almost equivalent to whoever it is that's quote unquote pastoring or leading that church, and in fact, those elders should then be groomed to actually go and open up and hold other body of believers together. Yeah. And so long as that's being done on a small basis and you're meeting in homes, what expenses do you have? There are churches that go, that just close their doors and stop meeting altogether because they don't have the resources to keep the doors open, to keep the lights on. You, you You get churches where all the young people have left and it's all elderly folks and they're all living on Social Security and they're trying to keep the doors open and they can't. They can't afford it. They can hardly afford to feed themselves, let alone take care of an entire big building that keeping the grass cut and maintained. And, and I mean, you know, if you're a homeowner, you know, just keeping a home is, is expensive, Yeah. let alone a whole nother separate building. So why are we doing this? Why are we putting ourselves through that? And then why are we placing these, these buildings with such an, a, a, um, an immense amount of holiness reverence, if you will, you know, this is, this is the Holy church ground, you know, oh, you can't jump over right, the pews. Right. This is God's house. Okay, I had kids that jumped you over the pews. You can't wear a hat inside of the building, though. It, yeah, you, you know, it's it, it. why why do we have these rules? Why do we put this into place? And and this reminds me of, of a, a great question. I was part of a, um, uh, a youth experience once. I was, well, I was interpreting for a deaf student. And he, the question was posed to them. If you could start church over brand new with no other preconceived notions, what would it look like? And even these kids had a hard time grasping the idea of that because, frankly, it's so ingrained in us as to what church looks like and what we do. And that's just that's what we do. Right. I mean, there's got to be some good reason for it. But we don't know what it is because there really isn't, and and that's what he's he's pushing here. That that's his that's his real agenda is to get us to start thinking about why we're doing what we're doing. And so I totally appreciate him for that because I think that that's kind of the sort of thing that we need to be doing regardless in all areas and aspects of life. Yeah. 
So his biggest gripe in his book, I think, is commercialism. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, anything that, you know, all the, the financial things that go into it. And so, you know, I, I guess we'll talk about the tradition in a few minutes. But uh, but essentially, it's how do we bring in as much resources? Because he shared the story about how his church started. He started in his home with Bob Study. It grew. They started meeting weekly at a school or something. Then they got a small building and then they had to keep growing and growing. And then they, you know, do we get a bigger building? Do we create more buildings? Do we have multi-site church, this, that, and the other? And then add, it gets to add, the add more worship times. Yeah. You and got all these got things. Five worship times. We got to build a building. And, and then it becomes this idea where it's like, okay, uh, if we continue to do what we're doing now, you know, we're going to need bigger you know, more stuff that costs more money. The problem is, is one, how do we know these people are coming in? How do we know it's going to grow to the point where we can afford for them to come? Uh, two, do they really want the legitimate gospel? Do they want biblical teaching or do they want their, you know, their fancies tickled? Because a lot of times people won't go to churches where the pastor preaches all of the Bible. They only want certain things from it. They want it to, they feel, just want good. It to feel good. Yeah, exactly. And he said that, when you have this obligation to bring in a certain amount of money, which requires a certain amount of people, you might start tiptoeing around controversial issues. And he said that once that came in, he got worried and concerned that, okay, if we keep growing and needing more money, needing more people, I got to try not to, I might become tempted to not want to offend certain people. And, and for that matter, then also beginning to, um, been to the sway of those that have more money that yeah, are contributing yeah. to the church. And and I've seen that in, in, in my own life experiences where the folks that um, made the most money, the local business owners that, that brought in the most funds, um, you know, they sat on the boards and pretty yeah, much say so. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much when they said, Hey, this is what we need to do. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the pastor stuck because he's, you know, now he's responsible for this building. He's responsible to the people and he's responsible. But I think that ultimately he's more responsible to God for what he teaches and preaches. And, and, and yeah, yeah. it sh should be. And, and I think that that's, that's his point. That's, yeah. that's Francis Chan's point. Um, and, and so why, why are we compromising the way that we come together as believers to worship God in a collective sense? Why are we compromising that? And, uh, and, and our, our, our duty, if you will, our, our obligation to God, um, in, in lieu of bigger buildings. Yeah. And so, you know, we wanted to look at this, uh, topic and one, look at, uh, one, I wanted to look at the, the scripture in Acts. When you look at that, I'm, I'm going to read that whole section, the 42 through 47. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, it's not, it's not a whole lot. It's longer than the two verses, but I kind of want to read it in context a okay, little bit better. So, uh, so this is in the NLT Acts 2, 42 through 47. It says, as the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer, a deep sense of awe came over all of them or them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met in one place and shared everything that they had. So that's a key important thing as uh, they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Another important thing uh, they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, 
all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So we look at this. Now, one thing I do want to I want to point out this at the beginning here, and this is what we should do with all scripture anytime we're reading. There's descriptive and there's prescriptive. So anytime you're reading the Bible, you got to ask yourself, is this what the Lord demanded? Is this what he said? This is the way it should be done. Prescribing. Prescribing. Or is this just telling what these people did? Descriptive. Descriptive. In this case, this is descriptive. So the question now is, you know, we know this isn't what God's forcing them, calling them, telling them they need to do. They have to do it this way. The question is, why did they do it this way? What are the important aspects of it? And how can we, what does that look like today for us? And I think that's where Francis Chan gets a little sideways in this book, because he starts to say that this is what God has ordained us to do kind of thing. This is what he has prescribed us to do. And eh, that's just not really the case. And, 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 and though, again, I appreciate his heart and I know where he's coming from and I know what he's trying to do. And I get all that from his book. Um, You're still kind of putting yourself in there, I guess. Um, You know, the, one of the other things I want to point out in the scripture is that it's still, so when it talks about uh, taking care of those in need, it's not talking about people in the rest of the community. It's talking about their community of believers. Right. So right. if you, there's someone in your church that's in need, it's taking care of those people in need, not going out and feeding the, the homeless. Now, that may seem, sound crass or, or, or insensitive, um, but the important part here is, is to make sure that we are understanding the co- full context of what's being said. Um, they're talking about their body of believers. And when it's important to note that um, the followers are taking care of each other, that that's part of what encourages others to want to come into this, this body of believers. Yeah. Um, and, and through that, that is uh, also preaching the gospel. Um, so, you know, I think the thing is, is that how, how do we start over? I mean, do we just burn all of our churches to the ground and start meeting in homes? <laughs> yeah. So, so let's, I, I think the best way, you know, even if we look at this as prescriptive, even if it is prescriptive, uh, the way that they did it was that the 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles teachings. So someone needs to be a teacher of some sort that is trustworthy, that they understand the word of God. Uh, you know, one of the things that Francis Chan said, in, so it's not me because I'll definitely talk about Abraham <laughs> being a pimp. But and this is probably an area where I understand what Francis Chan says. And, and it did challenge me at the same time, but, uh, the apostles got, they were different from what teachers are today. Sure. They yeah. communicated directly with God. What God told them was the word of God. No one today has that type of office. No one today has that type of thing. And if they think they do, they're a false, they, you need to stay away from yeah. them. Uh, their teachings are not equal to the word of God. Uh, so what we need to do is understand that, you know, we can't just assume that one of the things that he says, and he says it in something else too, is he was saying, you know, when you plant home churches, you know, a lot of times they'll go into communities or start a church about a month's time from new believer to leading a church in a month. Uh, 
Paul actually says in the uh, in the pastoral epistles that an elder, which is a teacher, a pastor, should not be a new believer. Right. Thus, they may boast and get conceited and then fall into, uh, you know, in pride. And so I think that doesn't work as well as we feel like it should, because he says, you know, they got the Holy Spirit and they've got the word of God. So the Holy Spirit can help them teach. I think that can be a little careless because there are teachings that need to take place because those teachers at that time, like you know, all the the um, as far as I, I can remember, all the apostles and disciples were all Jewish. They all understood the Torah. They understood the Old Testament, as we, we know as the Old Testament. And so what they were, what was new to them was the New Testament teachings, not the Old Testament. For a new believer today, all of it's new. So they got to learn the Old Testament and the New Testament to understand the Bible as a whole body of work. And so four weeks doesn't give someone the time to be able to do that type of thorough study and stuff. Yes, you have the Holy Spirit, but it's not quite the same. So we also fellowship. Fellowship's important. Uh, I think a lot of us agree with that. So they were all fellowshipping together in uh, in unity, sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, uh, which also known as communion. So they were eating with each other. They were sharing life with one another. Right. And then to prayer, they were praying for one another all the time. And, um, and so I guess the question is looking at that, are, are these things that we could do today in a large structured building? And so I think it is possible. I think you have a, you know, a teacher, a preacher, a pastor, fellowship. You know, that's that's where the people fail, not necessarily. Uh, I don't think the big building structure forces that to fail. I think it's just we are in a we're in an environment. We're in a, I don't know, society where everything's online now. So all of that fellowship falls through the, the loops because we just think about, you know, well, if we text each other now and then if we you know, do these things, um, then it's the same thing. And then you have the, you know, I think the sharing in meals, that was the most intimate time that we had with one another. And so, um, so we're going to pause and we're going to come back to this, uh, in a little while. So stay tuned. Yeah. 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 God is good. God is good. Yeah. God is good. Chris Cash, got it so down with a band that could have been dead, man. That's facts. Gave my life, no take back. God on my side, I never left. Got it so down with a band that could have been dead, man. That's facts. Gave my life, no take back. God on my side, I never left. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. Out of my way, help me praise. Yeah. I'm so thankful for you. In many ways, I gotta give you glory. I'm not ashamed. I bless your name. You've been so good. I can't contain it. No, 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 no. You supply all of my needs. And I'm grateful that you keep me in perfect peace. Never will I let a rock cry out for me. You lose the chains, broke the bond, and ain't bound no more. You set me free. Anybody know God is a good guy? If you know that God's been a good guy, lift your hands since God's been a good guy. Give praise since God is a good guy. God is so good with a band Could have been dead, man, that's right. Gave my life, no take back. God on my side, I never lie. God is so good with a band Could have been dead, man, that's right. Gave my life, no take back. 
I wouldn't even be right where I'm at. He pulled me out the trenches, I ain't going back. Even 2020 couldn't even hold me back. Hitting licks, blessing coming back to back, yo. Stay shining like my name was Quavo Hunto. Bought a house, yeah, yeah, I'ma brag on it. Cause I couldn't have did it without God's name on it. I'm feeling real good, I'm shouting his name. I gotta give thanks, I'm giving him praise. Ain't nobody finna shut me down. Broke them chains and I'm no longer bound. Oh, yes, my God is a good God. Anybody know God is a good guy. God if you know that guy. God's been a good guy, lift your hands since God's been a good God guy. Get praise since God is a good God guy. Got it so good with a band Could have been dead, man. That's right. Gave my life no take backs. God on my side, I never left. Got it so good with a band Could have been dead, man. That's right. Gave my life no take backs. God on my side, I never left. Got it so good with a band Welcome back to Solomon's Porch with your host, Jason. One more again. One more again. So I'm sorry, y'all. The, the last segment, my family had had jumped up and we had to make a, a, a we had to cut the episode short. So what we're going to do is this is going to be the third segment of our actual podcast. And so we had the news part two, and then this will be part three of our discussion on the house church movement. And in this particular discussion on the house church movement, what we're really going to look at is if you were to start the church from scratch, look at the Bible, start from scratch, how would you do it, if that makes sense? How would it look as opposed to maybe what we have right now? Now, just to let you know, we're not telling you this is the way that everyone should do it, but how would we do it, especially in the context of here in America? Because obviously the biblical times were much different. The church was going through a whole lot of persecution. And so as we discussed, the house church movement kind of needed to be like that in a lot of areas in the uh, in the early church. Today's a little different. So, so Sean, let's dive into this, man. We, we kind of discussed Acts 2. We looked at uh, 42 through 47. We discussed how that is a descriptive text, not a prescriptive, meaning this is what they did, but this isn't necessarily directly uh, mandated, by mandated by God. So that's important to, to think about. So, Sean, I, I think you have definitely spent a lot of time thinking about this and over this over the years. Uh, kind of what are your initial thoughts when you think about what the church should look like if you want to start us off? Um, <clears throat> well, that, that's true. Um, I, In fact, uh, pretty early on in my um, walk with Christ, I had heard of this uh, Jesus People USA movement uh, or Japusa movement. And I was fascinated by it, um, you know, to, to see that there are this, there's this group of people that live in a building together. They share everything. They contribute. They all do chores. They have a, a work rotation. Um, so that way, you know, there's everybody's equal. Uh, if it's your turn to clean the toilets, 
It's your turn. Somebody else is going to do it next. And everybody wants to be able to contribute and do their best um, because they love one another. They want to take care of each other. And um, and especially in this group, I know that there are musicians, very talented musicians. And so where they could be making maybe a little more money doing other things uh, or even just taking their own money, uh, money from you know, performance or, or record sales uh, or streaming platform, whatever things. However they, they monetize. <clears throat> that, that, you know, they could just be pocketing that and living in bigger homes. But instead, they're reusing an existing building in a city and they're putting it back into ministries uh, that not only help themselves, but then also help the community that uh, is around them as well. And so, you know, I, I think that, you know, honestly, it's probably one of the most beautiful examples of what the early church had intended to do. Um, I, a long time ago, had uh, said that the one thing that the church today in America needs is true persecution. Mm. The problem that I have, and I'm not the first person to come up with this, that I had long since diagnosed, is that we're not challenged as believers to be believers. Not really. Not, not truly. We call things persecution, but it's... Yeah. yeah. There, there, there's a lot of persecuting the church today. Um, wh whatever. You don't really know what persecution is. When, when you know, the police come to your door busting in and, you know, raid your house for contraband Bibles, shoot you in the head because they found a Bible in front of your wife and your children, that's persecution. Talk to me when that happens to you. But... We don't we don't have that kind of, of persecution, so we don't have that kind of I'll dare say faith mm. because we're not really truly challenged to that degree. So, you know, when you again, when you're talking about uh, home churches and, and, and small groups, that sort of thing, um, <clears throat> the intensity is is really what you're trying to get at. Um, no, we're not. I'm not suggesting that, you know, we need to. Um, try to have a situation where we are persecuted like that. How, however, don't be surprised when we do, because frankly, we're supposed to read the book of Revelation. And um, so, you know, it's supposed to happen. And yay, because that means it's all coming about, right? So d don't get all up in arms when stuff starts coming true that's supposed to come true. Be happy you tell your story. Anyhow, that's a side note. But the point is, is that that intensity of, um, of worship, that intensity of uh, community that you have with one another. So I think that for me, that vision has always been... Um, if, if I were to scrap everything, uh, that I've got going on right now and I said, okay, let's just start over. Let's do this. However, this is supposed to be, I would one want to make sure that I personally owned a house that I felt like was conducive to being able to be that house that I could have 10, 20 people in comfortably 
and be able to meet. Now, that doesn't mean I have to have a mansion or, you know, necessarily a really big house, you know, an open, uh, an open floor concept. That's, you know, that's trendy these days. So, you know, whatever, something along those lines. Um, I happen to have a really nice porch, screened in porch that, you know, my wife's grandfather, when, when he built the house, he put on because he loves sitting outside on the porch and it's a good sized porch. It's not going to hold 20 people, but it'll hold a good number of folks. Um, in the summertime, not so comfortable. But in the middle of winter, not so comfortable. But uh, there's a lot of other times that it can be used, and it makes a really good meeting place. Go figure the porch. Yeah, yeah. Solomon's porch? Shoneman's porch? Shoneman's porch. Shoneman's porch. There we go. Shoneman's porch. So, you know, I I, I would say that I, I would see that as, as an initial start. Uh, being that um, I've never felt like I was necessarily uh, a, a, um, a, well, there have been times in my life when I thought maybe pastoral uh, services was something that was in my future. But um, I think that when you're talking about uh, this, this body of believers, you need to make sure that you don't necessarily have anybody that has the opportunity to get really big headed and controlling. So I, I think that again, when you're talking about this, this group of believers, it needs to be people that do genuinely love one another in Christ and are concerned for one another, not concerned as in, I can, I know how to fix you. You just need to listen to me. Um, and I'm going to use the Bible to tell you how that's done. Um, because that happens a lot, you know, um, how does this group of believers come about? I think that's the biggest challenge for me. Yeah. All right, so I'm gonna start a list here, okay? Oh, I so, see. I so see that. Yes. Decent space for people to meet. What was the second one? Huh. <laughs> I'm trying. We're, we're, I'm making this list for us to, to look at. <laughs> uh, competent leadership, I guess. Um, trained leadership. Okay. I don't mean to imply incompetence as much as folks that, that have uh, a good uh, foundation of theology. Someone you can trust to that understands the Bible. Sure. And that... well, and, and, and I think that the understanding of the Bible thing is, is something that we feel like that sometimes can come to a completion, but do we ever fully? Right. Right. So someone that has a desire to go deeper and has the ability to go deeper. Right. Um, because I don't think that we all necessarily do. And that that person would be the one that is designated as saying, okay, heading up, you know, let's talk about this scripture. You know, that's one of the things that Francis Chan has said was that, you know, it's almost more like a facilitator kind of job. Yeah. And, and I think that that's where it makes me feel a little more at ease with the four week process, if you will. Uh, is that it's really more of just facilitating. They'd have somebody that just sits down and it could be anybody within that group and starts reading the Bible and then says, okay, so we've read this scripture. What do you guys think? What does this mean? Okay, great. Now, what do we know about the history of this time? Okay, so how does that apply to the scripture? What do we know? And that's what a facilitator does. Yeah. Uh, facilitator in a meeting doesn't really even have to know all of the the finer points of the business itself as much as is there to be able to say, okay, let's stay on track here. You've said this, 
but how does this apply in this area? How does this apply to so-and-so's job or, or, or whatever? How does this apply to so-and-so's life? And, and, and that's, that's, that's probably the biggest part. So I wouldn't even necessarily say that it needs to be somebody that's got the Bible understood, but has a basic foundation in theology so that that way they're not going off in la-la land, but has more of the training of facilitating. How about um, meeting the requirements of the pastoral epistles? What Paul oh, says. no, no, that's, 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 that's garbage. Because that's... <laughs> that's one thing that, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, and, and I might assume that people think this about me, but I do like, I treat first Timothy first or first, second Timothy and Titus uh, in the same way I treat Romans. Uh, it's, it's, it's important at its core. It's there for a reason. And I do feel like, you know, when we're looking at people leading the body of Christ, uh, these people should be held to a higher accountability. They should be held to a high standard. They're leading the bride of Christ. Like these, this is the bride of Christ. You think Jesus wants to make sure someone leading his bride is is doing it well. And uh, so I would say, you know, on top of what you said, Holy Spirit led, uh, that's that can be hard to decipher sometimes because people have a different understanding of what that looks like practically what does it look like to be holy spirit led so sometimes no 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 what i'm saying i'm adding to you sorry sorry i'm trying to flesh this out with you a little bit but i would say uh as far as leadership goes well and i I was just expounding upon francis chan's gotcha okay okay thing about the yeah no actually i would prefer that that it's somebody that has uh that that does oh okay my bad yeah no sorry uh, misunderstanding here, miscommunication. Yeah, no, no worries, no worries. So, uh, but so you know, I and I just a real quick note to the to the um the first part, the decent space. Uh, you know, I, one of the things that I think that Francis Chan probably hit on that was really good was not getting too big. Mm, yeah, and that once yeah. you started getting to a point, you needed to probably branch off. Um, it doesn't mean that you can't network with those other churches come together and 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 do do something that impacts the community absolutely um i was i i have always had this vision that actually this home church thing really should be the people in your direct community so i live in a in a i i would say a a pretty good example of what this would be exactly like um, I live in a neighborhood that's literally just two streets. It's otherwise fairly well segmented off from the rest of the surrounding community. Not not totally, but enough to be able to say that this is a uh, almost like a cul-de-sac, if you will, but it's a it's a U-shape um, a community of, of people and uh, of homes. And so, if we got together and we all met and we and we were to uh, witness to one another, we were to help each other out in the same way, then we are building that community of believers. So let's talk about the idea of saying, um, you know, we travel for church. Right now, I travel for church. Um, so if I'm going for a worship service, I've got a good 30, 45 minute drive to get there as opposed to, Hey, let me go down the street here to so-and-so's house and we're going to have worship together. 
I can walk over. Oh, what? There's no power? That's okay. I can walk. There's a gas shortage? What? No, it's okay. I can walk right over. I don't have to worry about a gas shortage uh, affecting me to determine whether or not I go to church. Right. You know, or, or that my car's broke down. And, and then these people that I live around um, are the ones that I would count on. And so literally something happens. I can go to my neighbor and I can I can say to them, hey, I need help with whatever. And, you know, there was this time when we largely used to do that sort of right, thing. Right. And and then we got on these, you know, devices and stuff and we're so much further apart, but we're living right next door to each other. Uh, and so we don't really even know our neighbors anymore. So let's take the neighborhood back and let's create within that neighborhood that body believers. And that's actually part of what Francis Chan tries to do uh, with these home churches is that somebody goes into a community or they are already pre-existing in a community and they start pulling in and witnessing those people in that area and they start to worship together and they create a church there. Yeah. That makes so much more sense to me. I hated shopping, shopping for a church. Yeah. You know, one you've got, Francis Chan points this out too, you got this checklist. There should never be a checklist. Mm -hmm. It's never about what the church could be doing for me. It's what I could be doing for them. Right. Yeah. And, and then that, that matter of, well, there's like five different churches in my town. Mm -hmm. Well, who do I go to? Well, this person does this, but that person does this and that person does that. And it's all because of their religiosity that breaks it all down and separates each other. Rather than, hey, there's like, you know, 10 houses over in this area, and they're just going to be part of this overall group of believers. And then before you know it, our little town of however many hundred thousand so people that there are is one bigger church, if you will. Right. But we don't have to have a big building to do that in. Anyway. Yeah, I think when you look at Acts 2, you know, even let, let's just say, you know, we to you know, like today you know when it says they all met at the uh the temple each day and then they met in homes for the lord's supper i think you know in today's church world you know with larger churches we do uh ideally what would be there and, and this would be a restructuring of current churches to make sure that even if you have everybody meeting on sundays even though back then it was every day sure but on sundays then they're still having those small groups like you're talking about that small you know the magic number is like 12. you don't want to go above like 15 is what most uh, most of the time they say and, and you you meet together even if you're not diving into scripture you know every time or the whole time or whatever you're breaking bread together you're sharing life together you're praying for one another and and i think that local community is the best way to do that you know if your neighbor gets COVID and they can't go to the store or they they're sick with the flu or they're, you know, bedridden for anything like that. It's easier for the neighbor to be able to, when they go to the store get something to bring to them, than having to call someone who's in the next County over or 20 minutes away and say, Hey, would you be able to go and such and such? Mm -hmm. And so I think that you, that local community aspect, it, it is really important. And, uh, you know, you're able to you know keep up with each other and just, you know, regular things if their kid needs to, place to go after school for some reason they can't make it home in time they can come to you know you know if you got kids they can hang out with your kids for a little bit stuff like that right so that local community is is very important and um 
So what else would you think is, is key here? So we got a, a place for people to meet, ideally small groups, local community would be even more ideal. Um, uh, you know, somewhat of a competent trained leader. Um, also think, you know, to, for me, I think that's, you want to have someone who, you know, when you're talking about scripture, you want to have someone who can at least understand, okay, well, it's not like scripture isn't based on what we think it means. I think that's one of the hard things. Cause I've been a part of a lot of different small groups, not just, you know, the one that we're both a part of. And I always hear this, well, what does that mean to you? And not that that's a bad thing to do, but what it means to you doesn't mean that's what it actually means. Sure. So I think when you have a competent leader, they can tell you, well, this actually, you know, what they're talking about here is, is this, this idea, this concept. And so I think that's important to have someone who can do that. Um, and again, well, and, and, and again, I think that that's where that falls into that facilitator kind of um, yeah, process yeah. as well. Um, I, you know, the, um, it, it seems maybe even kind of silly, but to be able to say that you have, um, you know, an opportunity to worship through song, um, yeah. and then, you know, prayer, it, it's, it, it always sort of seems like it's the secondary or the plan B of, of scenarios. Oh, but you know, you can always pray for us though. What really? Why, why isn't that the first thing on my list? Please pray for us. It, you know, uh, we, we've talked about prayer before here on, on the show. And and I, I've definitely gone through some uh, different understandings, some different feelings. We may um, need to readdress that one day. Yeah. yeah. That was one of our very show. first segments ever. So like 10 years ago. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, the thing is, is that... Um, Oh, and, and, and whether you believe the prayer is for you, for them, for God, God needs it, you need it, whatever your, your you know, theology is on that, um, you're wrong. No, uh, is that it, <laughs> the bottom line is, is that it is a communication of love um, between believers and to God. Uh, to, to me, that is at its absolute fundamental basics there. Um you know what's probably one of the most beautiful things for me to ever experience is when there's a brand new believer who's just so stoked and on fire and wants to pray, right? Yeah. And everything they say just sounds kind of funny, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and it, it it's it sounds funny because they're not using any of our church lingo. Mm -hmm. You know, they're they're not using all the proper thou's and God Father, God, God, Father, Father, God, Lord, God you know, stuff. And it's just like, you know, it, it can even come out like, you know, yo, dad, man, we just love Jason so much, man. And, you know, I, I'm just, oh, just like tore up about this thing that's going on in his life. And man, I just, you know, I, I, I want him to feel better and, and we love him. And so God, we, we pray that you intervene in his life and that, you know, that there's, there's healing or, or, you know, whatever it is. Right. And, and it's just like, you know, there's, there's, there's this sort of one part of you that wants to go <laughs> silly person. And then there's the other part that says, I'm so jealous of this guy. Right. Right. Be, yeah. be, because I can't pray like that anymore for some reason. Right. You can't. 
He doesn't have that religious filter he's praying through. Right, exactly. <laughs> and and so then, you know, we have this expectation that your prayers have to sound like this or, or whatever. And uh, man, when people that just love and are passionate about each other, when they pray for one another, it, it, it doesn't sound like a prayer anymore. It just sounds like we're all talking together and we're talking to daddy and and telling them, hey, you know, we get this thing going on and, and it hurts. Yeah. You know, or, or, or whatever. Or even better, daddy, thank you. Because, man, we thought that, you know, we, we were looking at this thing and we thought, man, this is this is the end, brah. And, and, man, you did awesome stuff and we thank you for it. You know, great. Do that, you know. So definitely it has to be prayer. But it has to be like this genuine, just raw kind of praying i think you know we, we need to get back to that and so then that way also when we're singing um i'm not much for like uh improvisational jazz uh, i like jazz a lot um i'm not really super keen on improv jazz um i do like some improv jazz but part of the reason why i don't like it is that sometimes it just doesn't work right mm -hmm. so sometimes when you've got people that are just busting out in a song right right and it's just you know Go, I, what, what am i doing i don't know what i'm doing i don't know what what am i doing right one it's thing just, that, that that people misconstrue and this might be a whole other discussion Making about a joyful noise into the Lord <laughs> about yeah. Sunday morning, Sunday morning worship, that the gathering of the saints to worship what that looks like. Maybe, maybe that should be our next topic. Maybe that should be our next topic. Well, right. So like, it doesn't even have to but, be like a schedule of events. Right. So like you do Monday is, is when we do music. Yeah. Yeah. And then Tuesday is when we just, bro, we just pray, man. Yeah. All day long on Tuesday. That's all we do is pray. Okay, great. Yeah, you know, it doesn't have to be that segmented on Sunday. You have to have 15 minutes of this and then 10 minutes of this, and then we'll take a break and shake everybody's hand and make it feel awkward and tell them that we love them. And hey, it's good to see you. They'll look to the person to your right and says, Ah, it's even good to see you too. You know, what? what <laughs> that was funny. But yeah, whatever it is that works for you, man. But these are just general elements. Not that it has to be on Sunday and not that it has to be structured in that way. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think most of these things that we have here are kind of, you know, the, and, and the important thing is it doesn't matter what we think. It really matters what the Bible says and what that looks like through our American lens, our American structure. Uh, I, I think a good next topic for us would be like, you know, how should how should the gathering of the saints look like? And so <laughs> Family Matters uh, uh, on YouTube says that's basically how IHOP is set up. <laughs> OK, but uh, uh, the inter I guess that's the International House of Prayer. So where they have certain days for certain things. So I, I'm assuming that's what you're talking about, Family Matters, because I'll be honest, I thought you were talking about the breakfast place there for a second. So um but essentially, you know, I think it's, um, I think it's, it's it's important to know what the Bible says about uh, the church, how it should function, who is, um, 
a part of it because it is very specific in the Bible that, that the church is a body of believers. Now, what does that look like when non-believers come around? How does that work? And I think that's important, too, because the other thing, too, is it says in Acts 2, it says at the end of there, verse 47, and all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So evangelism, I would definitely have to add to this list. There has to be some form of evangelism that takes place. Now, how that looks, I think that might depend. See, I, I think we're, where we're maybe even slightly deviating from, to me, what, what I felt like what we were talking about is the actual um, meeting, if you will. Okay. Okay. As opposed to what all of a body of believers we do. Okay. Because certainly then there's taking care of widows and orphans and, you know, we've got a litany of other things that, that we have to do. But the thing is, is that if we have that teacher, right, that, that guidance counselor, whatever Francis Chan facilitator kind of person for them, for us, it's a, a, a designated theolo a theologian that's got, you know, whatever that meets the criteria that the Bible sets for us. Then what they're going to do is they're going to then say, all right, Bible says we need to be doing this. Let's do this. And right. so then everything else falls into place from there. So, yeah. you know, you know, that because then otherwise <clears throat> we got to get into the conversation of um, elders. What's the criteria of an elder? Yeah. You know, OK, well, now let's break down that whole discussion. No, it, it, to me, that that is a natural extension from the basics. Gotcha. So if we're starting a home church, we need to make sure that we've got a place. We need to make sure that we've got a leader. We need to make sure that there's uh, an opportunity for prayer. We need to make sure that there's opportunity for a musical type worship. So we've studied musically worshiped, prayerfully worshiped. And the, those are kind of those three main elements with some sort of headship, if you will, gotcha. and, 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 and in a place where you can go to. And, and, and to me, that's 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 starting the church from there. It's following the Bible. Yeah, it's none of the yeah. other garbage that we have a tendency to 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 implicate uh, the church with, you know, um, you start talking about, well, evangelism, what does evangelism look like? Well, what does evangelism look like? Does it mean that it has to be televised? Does it mean that it has to be on YouTube? Does it mean that it has to be at a Comic Con? Does it mean that it has to be biker ministries? Does it mean? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, to all the above. Yeah. Yes. I, I, yes. I mean, you know, sure, sure, <laughs> right. sure, whatever. The Bible's Bible doesn't say yes or no on those. Right. You know, exactly. So, you know, that's where that Holy Spirit leadership comes into play. And hopefully that leadership within your body of believers, your pastor, for the lack of a better term, um, helps to direct. Gotcha. So anyway. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. I think the next um uh, oh, I, forgot, I forgot I could put these these comments up here. Man, my bad family matters. I didn't even think about that. But um fan matters. So I do think that uh that that next time maybe we should, you know, dive into maybe what a Sunday morning or you know that that gathering of the saints should look like. I think I think Pastor uh I think Francis Chan like what he is describing to me looks more like in verse 36 where it says they worship together at the temple each day met in homes for the Lord's Supper. It looks like he, you know, that home church better fits that meeting in each other's homes um, 
for uh for lord's supper and then you know the meals with with joy and, and generosity but there is examples of in the scripture when you know thousands of people would meet at the temple uh, yeah so that's uh, not going to happen in people's homes right exactly <laughs> I, and and so i i think again it, it's that matter of say you know do you, do you burn down the church house as well right uh, right be able to start over i think that what what's what we're really talking about here is that there's still, you know, the appropriate time for a larger gathering, but we really got to dive in and break down something smaller. So if you go to a church and you've got a hundred people, 500, a thousand plus people, if you also have a home church of, of believers. So step up. Francis Chan's biggest pet peeve is people not being involved. And, yeah, and, and yeah. you get that a lot from a lot of other churches too. Hey, we, we can get you involved and we'll put you on a schedule and a rotation and all that stuff. And, and, and that's fine. That that's, that's all well and good, but are people being trained up to lead? Yeah. And are people encouraged to step outside of the comfort zones to lead? Because, you know, frankly, if I had the opportunity to be able to be under someone and be discipled to be able to lead a small group and then in my community, in my neighborhood, to be able to do specifically that and encourage the people in my neighborhood to come over to my house to hang out for a little while. And then we're chatting about the Bible and then we're doing that is outreach ministry. Yeah. Yeah. One more aspect of that, that small group that you were talking about is we're all given spiritual gifts. Every believer, everybody who is in Christ has a spiritual gift. When you have a large church with, you know, 10, 20 people on staff, generally speaking, 10 or 20 people usually get paid to express their spiritual gifts and share that with other people to be serving one another. It doesn't give everybody the opportunity to use those spiritual gifts. And, and this is, you know, I apologize to all of my family folk uh, who lead churches and have churches and all that. But uh, even volunteering once a week isn't the same as using your spiritual gifts. Right. Uh, yes, we do need volunteers. We do need certain things to function, to operate for a facility and, and to meet in an orderly manner. And all these things, you need to have volunteers and stuff like that. But that's not the same as people expressing their spiritual gifts. Uh, when you have, you know, a, a church of a thousand people. And you have groups of 12 to 15 people. You got a lot more leaders that can be trained up. You got a lot more teachers. You got a lot more people that can serve. You got a lot more people that can give uh, all these different things. Because the other problem too, is you got a church of a thousand people. You got a lot of people that can serve, but they don't know how to serve. Right. They don't know who to serve, who needs help because you're meeting once a week in a large facility. Right. People don't know each other that well. Right. And usually you get lost in the crowd and it's just hard to connect with people and all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah. and a lot of people like big church for that reason. <laughs> and 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 that's that again goes back to part of the problem is that uh, it, you know, we need to be able to connect with folks. It's not about what church can do for you, but what you can do for your church. Yeah. To one sort of actually quote Francis Champ, but also to play off of uh, John F. Kennedy's not what your country can do for you but what you can do for it yeah 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 I, man it, it's a great quote absolutely so yeah uh, we appreciate everybody for checking this out uh hope it's beneficial and helpful to you uh no you know i don't think sean nor i are saying we should shut down all the churches and start home churches we're just trying to understand how we as a larger church 
churches that have you know hundreds or thousands of people can better emulate the things that worked in the smaller churches because if you think about it the home church structure that's what really got the churches growing and going out because in, when they were being persecuted when the Jews were being persecuted by Rome and and all these different leaders they couldn't have big huge buildings to meet in it was right. not possible they could only spread the gospel through that home church, that small group movement that they had uh, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of all of the things and obstacles they had to overcome. So that's kind of the reason why I really wanted to talk about this. And when I read that book, uh, it's called Letters to the Church by Francis Chan. No, I don't agree with everything that he says. And there are some things that when he's quoting scripture, he leaves other aspects of it out. Not, I get that. I think every Every teacher has a tendency to do that. Uh, I don't think they do it on purpose. I just think sometimes they just don't think about it. But I do think that we can take notes and cues from those teachings and try to understand how the church can function better as the body of believers, because we are meant to have good, solid biblical teaching, and we are meant to be a community of believers that love one another. And it's hard to love people if you only know them via Facebook statuses. Because yeah. you don't get to know the people for real on Facebook. Laziness. That's what comes to my mind. <laughs> church, church, stop being lazy. Mm. I, I mean, seriously, the, yeah. the, that's that's where we fall short. We want to be comfortable. Amen. And, and look, you know, I do that in my own <laughs> life. That's why I'm as fat as I am and I have the problems that I do. I want to be comfortable in life. But frankly, in our spiritual life, we need to be uncomfortable. We need to be able to get out there and do those things that God wants us to do that we're not being obedient to. You know, he, he called folks in, in the Bible many times over that they didn't want to do those things. Those yeah. weren't the things that they they weren't comfortable doing them, but they did it and then see what happens, you know. Amen. So anyway, stop yeah, being man. lazy. We'll be back uh, with the next time. I think we're going to talk about what the, the gathering should look like. Maybe we can dive into that. Um, yeah. I really want to be a sermon to the church with this show. Uh, and so that's one of those areas I think, had, uh, you know, chat about a little bit. And so uh, we do want to thank our Patreon supporters of the show, Sam Blackwell, Jason Motley. You guys are awesome. Thank you. If you want to support the show, you can do you can do so on patreon.com slash Solomon Sports Podcast or uh, the PayPal links there, Solomon Sports Podcast. Make sure you follow us on social media to keep up with the content. And we will be back next time. Uh, do we have a song we're ending out with, Sean, on the podcast? Uh, we will. Yeah, we will. We will end the show out with a song on the podcast. And don't forget, if you're watching this on YouTube, we do have a podcast that you can listen to that in involves music. And then also, if you're listening to this via podcast, even if you don't watch YouTube, go and subscribe. Because when we hit a thousand subscribers, we can actually find a way to have a greater reach in that aspect. And so we appreciate all of you. We thank you for tuning in. We will be back next time. You're the light in my dear You're the one